Runo 30 of Kalevala, the Land of the Heroes by Elias Lunrot. Translated by William Forsell Kirby, 1844 to 1912. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Runo 30. Lemminkainen and Tierra. Argument. Lemminkainen goes to ask his former comrade-in-arms, Tierra, to join him in an expedition against Pojola. The mistress of Pojola sends the frost against them, who freezes the boat in the sea and almost freezes the heroes themselves in the boat, but that Lemminkainen restrains it by powerful charms and invocations. Lemminkainen and his companion walk across the ice to the shore, wander about in the waste for a long time in a miserable plight, and at last make their way home. Ati, youth forever youthful, Lemminkainen young and lively, very early in the morning, in the very earliest morning, sauntered downward to the boathouse. To the landing stage he wandered. There a wooden boat was weeping, boat with iron rowlocks grieving. Here am I for sailing ready, but, O oh, wretched one, rejected. Ati rose not forth to battle, for the space of sixty summers, neither for the lust of silver, or if need of gold should drive him. Then the lively Lemminkainen struck his glove upon the vessel. With his colored glove he struck it, and he said the words which follow, Care thou not, O deck of pinewood, nor lament, O timber-sided, thou once more shalt go to battle, and shalt mingle in the combat, shalt again be filled with warriors, ere to-morrow shall be ended. Then he went to seek his mother, and he said the words which follow, Do not weep for me, O mother, nor lament, thou aged woman, if I once again must wander, and again must go to battle, for my mind resolve has taken." and a plan my brain has seized on, to destroy the folk of Poya and revenge me on the scoundrels. To restrain him sought his mother, and the aged woman warned him, Do not go, my son, my dearest, thus gainst Poyola to combat. There perchance might death o'ercome thee, and destruction fall upon thee. Little troubled Lemminkainen, but he thought on his departure, and he started on his journey, and he spoke the words which follow. Can I find another hero? Find a man and find a swordsman? Who will join in Ati's battle, and with all his strength will aid me? Well is Tierra known unto me, well with Kura I am acquainted. He will be a second hero. He's a hero and a swordsman. He will join in Ati's battle." and with all his strength will aid me. Through the villages he wandered, found his way to Tierra's homestead, and he said on his arrival, spoke the object of his coming, O oh, my Tierra, faithful comrade, of my friends most loved and dearest, thinkest thou on days departed, on the life we lived aforetime, when we wandered forth together to the fields of mighty battles? There was not a single village where ten houses were not numbered. There was none among the houses where ten heroes were not living. There was none among the heroes, not a man, however valiant, none who did not fall before us, by us twain who was not slaughtered. At the window worked the father, and a spear-shaft he was carving. 
By the threshold stood the mother, busy as she churned the butter. At the door the ruddy brothers, and they wrought a sledge's framework. At the bridge end stood the sisters, and the clothes they there were wringing. From the window spoke the father, and the mother from the threshold. From the door the ruddy brothers, from the bridge end spoke the sisters. Tierra cannot go to battle, nor may strike with spear in warfare. Other duties call for Tierra. He has made a lifelong compact, for a young wife has he taken as the mistress of his household. But untouched is she at present, uncaressed is still her bosom. By the stove was Tierra resting, by the stove-side Cura rested. At the stove one foot he booted, and the other at the stove-bench. At the gate his belt he tightened, in the open girt it round him. Then did Tierra grasp his spear-shaft, not the largest of the largest, nor the smallest of the smallest, but a spear of mid-dimensions. On the blade a steed was standing, on the side a foal was trotting. At the joint a wolf was howling, at the haft a bear was growling. Thus his spear did Tierra brandish, and he brandished it to whirring, hurled it then to fathom deepness, in the stiff clay of the cornfield, in a bare spot of the meadow, in a flat spot free from hillocks. Then his spear was placed by Tierra with the other spears of Ati, and he went and made him ready, swift to join in Ati's battle. Then did Ati Sarilainen push his boat into the water, like a snake in grass when creeping, even like a living serpent, and he sailed away to northwest on the lake that borders Poya. Then did Poyala's old mistress call the wicked frost to aid her, on the lake that borders Poya on the deep and open water, and she said the words which follow, thus she spoke and thus commanded. O oh, my frost, my boy so little, O oh, thou foster-child I nurtured, Go thou forth where I shall bid thee, Where I bid thee and I send thee. Freeze the boat of that great scoundrel, Boat of lively Lemminkainen, On the lake's extended surface, On the deep and open water. Freeze thou too the master in it, Freeze thou in the boat the rascal, That he never more escape thee In the course of all his lifetime. If myself I do not loose him, if myself I do not free him. Then the frost, that wicked fellow, and a youth the most malicious, went upon the lake to freeze it, and upon the waves he brooded. Forth he went as he was ordered, and upon the land he wandered, bit the leaves from off the branches, grass from off the flowerless meadows. Then he came upon his journey to the lake that borders Poya, to the endless waste of water, and upon the first night only, froze the bays and froze the lakelets, hurried forward on the seashore. But the lake was still unfrozen, and the waves were still unstiffened. If a small finch swam the water, on the waves a water wagtail, still its claws remained unfrozen, and its little head unstiffened. On the second night, however, he began to work more strongly, growing insolent extremely, and he now grew most terrific. Then the ice on ice he loaded, and the great frost still was freezing, and with ice he clothed the mountains, scattered snow to height of spear-shaft, froze the boat upon the water, Ati's vessel on the billows. 
Then he would have frozen Ati, and in ice his feet would fasten, and he seized upon his fingers and beneath his toes attacked him. Angry then was Lemminkainen, very angry and indignant, pushed the frost into the fire, pushed him in an iron furnace. With his hands the frost then seized he, grasped him in his fists securely, and he spoke the words which follow, and in words like these expressed him. Pakanen, Puhuri's offspring, thou, the son of cold of winter, do not make my fingers frozen, nor my little toes thus stiffen. Let my ears remain unhandled, do not freeze my head upon me. There's enough that may be frozen, much is left you for your freezing. Though the skins of men you freeze not, nor the forms of mother's children, be the plains and marshes frozen, freeze the stones to frozen coldness, freeze the willows near the water, grasp the aspen till it murmurs, peel the bark from off the birch tree, and the pine trees break to pieces. But the men you shall not trouble, nor the hair of mother's children. If this is not yet sufficient, other things remain for freezing. Thou mayst freeze the stones when heated, and the slabs of stone when glowing. Thou mayst freeze the iron mountains and the rocks of steely hardness, and the mighty river Vuoksi or the Imatra terrific. Stop the course of raging whirlpool, foaming in its utmost fury. Shall I tell you of your lineage, and shall I make known your honors? Surely do I know thy lineage, all I know of thine uprearing. For the frost was born mid willows, nurtured in the sharpest weather near to Poyola's great homestead, near the hall of Pimentola, sprung from father ever crime-stained, and from a most wicked mother. Who was it, the frost who suckled, bathed him in the glowing weather? Milkless holy was his mother, and his mother wholly breastless. Adders t'was the frost who suckled, adders suckled, serpents fed him, suckled with their pointless nipples, suckled with their dried-up udders. And the north wind rocked his cradle, and to rest the cold air soothed him, in the wretched willow thicket in the midst of quaking marshes. And the boy was reared up vicious, led an evil life destructive. But as yet no name was given to a boy so wholly worthless. When at length a name was given, frost it was, they called the scoundrel. Then he wandered by the hedges, always dancing in the bushes, wading through the swamps in summer on the broadest of the marshes, roaring through the pines in winter, crying out among the fir trees, crashing through the woods of birch trees, sweeping through the alder thickets, freezing all the trees and grasses, making level all the meadows, from the trees he bit the foliage, from the heather bit the blossoms, cracked the bark from off the pine trees, and the twigs from off the fir trees. Now that thou hast grown to greatness, and attained thy fullest stature, darest thou me with cold to threaten, and to seize my ears attemptest, to attack my feet beneath me, and my fingertips attacking? But I shall not let you freeze me, not to miserably freeze me. Fire I'll thrust into my stockings, in my boots thrust burning firebrands, in the seams thrust burning embers, fire will thrust beneath my shoe-strings, that the frost may never freeze me, nor the sharpest weather harm me. Thither will I now condemn thee, to the furthest bounds of Poya, 
to the place from whence thou camest, to the home from whence thou camest. Freeze upon the fire the kettles, and the coals upon the hearthstone. In the dough the hands of women, and the boy and young wife's bosom. In the ewes the milk congeal thou, and in mares let foals be frozen. If to this thou payst no heeding, then indeed will I condemn thee, to the midst of coals of Hesi, even to the hearth of Lempo. Thrust thou there into the furnace, lay thee down upon the anvil, unprotected from the hammer, from the pounding of the hammer, that the hammer beat thee helpless, and the hammer beat thee sorely. If this will not overcome thee, and my spells are insufficient, still I know another station, know a fitting station for thee. I will lead thy mouth to summer, and thy tongue to home of summer, whence thou never canst release thee in the course of all thy lifetime, if I do not give thee freedom, and I should myself release thee. Then the frost, the son of north wind, felt that he was near destruction, whereupon he prayed for mercy, and he spoke the words which follow, Let us understand each other, nor the one the other injure, in the course of all our lifetime, while the golden moon is shining. Shouldst thou hear that I would freeze you, or again should misbehave me, thrust me then into the furnace, sink me in the blazing fire. In the smith's coals do thou sink me, under Ilmarinen's anvil, or my mouth to summer turn thou, and my tongue to home of summer, never more release to hope for, in the course of all my lifetime. Then the lively Lemminkainen left his vessel in the ice flows, left his captured ship of battle, and proceeded on his journey. Tierra, too, the other hero, followed in his comrade's footsteps. O'er the level ice they wandered, neath their feet the smooth ice crunching, and they walked one day, a second, and at length upon the third day then they saw a cape of hunger, and afar a wretched village. Neath the cape there stood a castle, and they spoke the words which follow, Is there meat within the castle? Is there fish within the household, for the worn and weary heroes and the men who faint with hunger? Meat was none within the castle, nor was fish within the household. Spoke the lively Lemminkainen, said the handsome Kaukomili, Fire consume this wretched castle, water sweep away such castles. He himself pursued his journey, pushing onward through the forest, on a path with houses nowhere, on a pathway that he knew not. Then the lively Lemminkainen, he the handsome Kaukomili, shore the wool from stones in passing, from the rocks the hair he gathered, and he wove it into stockings, into mittens quickly wrought it, in the mighty cold dominion where the frost was freezing all things. On he went to seek a pathway, searching for the right direction. Through the wood the pathway led him, led him in the right direction. Spoke the lively Lemminkainen, said the handsome Kaukomili, O oh, my dearest brother Tierra, now at length we're coming somewhere, now that days and months we've wandered in the open air forever. Then did Tierra make him answer, and he spoke the words which follow. We unhappy sought for vengeance, recklessly we sought for vengeance, rushing forth to mighty conflict in the gloomy land of Poya. There our lives to bring in danger, rushing to our own destruction, in this miserable country, on a pathway that we knew not. 
Never is it known unto us, never known and never guessed at, what the pathway is that leads us, or the road that may conduct us, to our death at edge of forest, or on heath to meet destruction, here in the abode of ravens, in the fields by crows frequented. And the ravens here are flocking, and the evil birds are croaking, and the flesh the birds are tearing, and with blood the crows are sated. And the ravens' beaks are moistened, in the wounds of us the wretched, to the rocks our bones they carry, and upon the stones they cast them. Ah, my hapless mother knows not, never she with pain who bore me, where her flesh may now be carried, and her blood may now be flowing, whether in the furious battle in the equal strife of foemen, or upon a lake's broad surface on the far-extending billows, or on hills with pine cones loaded, wandering mid the fallen branches. And my mother can know nothing of her son the most unhappy, only know that he has perished, only know that he has fallen. And my mother thus will weep me, thus lament the aged woman. Thus my hapless son has perished, and the wretched one has fallen. He has sown the seed of Twony, harrows now in Kalma's country. Perhaps the son I love so dearly, perhaps my son, O oh me unhappy, leaves his bows untouched forever, leaves his handsome bows to stiffen. Now the birds may live securely, in the leaves the grouse may flutter. Bears may live their lives of rapine, in the fields the reindeer roll them. Answered lively Lemminkainen, said the handsome Kaukomili, Thus it is, unhappy mother, thou unhappy who hast borne me. Thou a flight of doves hast nurtured, quite a flock of swans hast nurtured. Rose the wind, and all were scattered. Lempo came, and he dispersed them, one in one place, one in other, and a third, and yet another. I remember times aforetime, and the better days remember, how like flowers we gathered round thee, in one homeland just like berries. Many gazed upon our figures, and admired our forms so handsome, otherwise than in the present, in this time so full of evil." Once the wind was our acquaintance, and the sun was gazing on us. Now the clouds are gathering round us, and the rain has overwhelmed us. But we let not trouble vex us, even in our greatest sorrow. Though the girls were living happy, and the braidless maids were jesting, and the women all were laughing, and the brides were sweet as honey. Tearless, spite of all vexation, and unshaken when in trouble. But we are not here enchanted, not bewitched and not enchanted, here upon the paths to perish, sinking down upon our journey, in our youth to sadly perish, in our bloom to meet destruction. Let those whom the sorcerers harassed and bewitched with eyes of evil, let them make their journey homeward and regain their native country, be the sorcerers' selves enchanted and with songs bewitch their children, let their race forever perish, and their race be brought to ruin. Ne'er in former times my father, never has my aged father, yielded to a sorcerer's orders, or the wiles of Lapland's children. Thus my father spoke aforetime, and I now repeat his sayings. Guard me, O thou kind creator, guard me, Eumela, most gracious. Aid me with thy hand of mercy, with thy mighty power protect me. 
from the plots of men of evil and the thoughts of aged women and the curses of the bearded and the curses of the beardless grant us now thy aid eternal be our ever faithful guardian that no child be taken from us and no mother's child shall wander from the path of the creator which by Eumela was fashioned then the lively lemminkainen he the handsome kaukomili from his care constructed horses coursers black composed from trouble reins from evil days he fashioned saddles from his secret sorrows then his horse's back he mounted on his white front courser mounted and he rode upon his journey at his side his faithful tierra and along the shores he journeyed on the sandy shores proceeded till he reached his tender mother reached the very aged woman now will i abandon kauko long from out my song will leave him but he showed the way to tierra sent him on his homeward journey now my song aside will wander while i turn to other matters end of runo thirty recording by expatriate in bangor maine